We acknowledge and pay our respects to the Ghana people, the traditional custodians whose ancestral lands we've recorded this podcast on. We acknowledge the deep feelings of attachment and the relationship of the Ghana people to country, and we respect and value their past, present and ongoing connection to the land and cultural beliefs. Hello and welcome to Leveling Up, your leadership podcast brought to you by professional and continuing education at the University of Adelaide. The podcast will bring you all the tools, tips and insights to help you unlock your leadership potential and get the most from your team. We'll bring you stories from South Australian leaders and the latest leadership thinking and ideas from the university's facilitators to provide you with the essential guide to levelling up your leadership. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Leveling Up, your leadership podcast. My name is Tanya Perry. I'm a facilitator for the University of Adelaide's Professional and Continuing Education. And for over 25 years, my business, Tanya Perry and Associates, has delivered customised training and development to public and private sector clients in Australia and around the world, including the UK, New Zealand, the USA and Southeast Asia. In this episode, I'll be exploring personality profiling and how it can help leaders to better understand themselves, their team and confidently improve business success. Today, I'm going to talk about what profiling is. I'll describe my preferred profiling tool and how it works, the benefits of using a profiling tool, and I'll offer a few simple adjustments that you and your team can make to improve outcomes. Finally, I'll leave you with three key tips you can action. So what is personality profiling? It's really about understanding human nature a bit better and importantly, how we and others prefer to communicate with each other. I prefer to approach profiling from the perspective of first having a better understanding of our own communication preferences and then moving to understand the preferences of others. For example, people in your team, your colleagues, your customers and your clients and even the people above you if there are any. I emphasise communication preferences rather than putting people in personality boxes where they often feel uncomfortably labelled. The focus is then firmly on how we interact with other people and the practical steps we can take to smooth that process with another person. There are so many different types of personality profiling tools you can choose from. Many of them are very complicated and some are even challenging to recall quickly when you need them as a leader. And personally, I don't find that very helpful. So my preferred choice is to use Des Hunt's What Makes People Tick, the subheading of which is How to Understand Yourself and Others. Des actually is a South Australian and he did his PhD at the University of Adelaide. This book was his PhD. He was passionately interested in it and Des was someone who really committed himself to doing a phenomenal job with this. And this book is now an internationally recognised profiling tool. I was lucky enough to be trained by Des not long after I arrived in Australia and I've been using his book ever since. It's so practical. It's user friendly. People enjoy it and they remember it. In fact, when I come back to some organisations, people remember me for the tool rather than who I am. So how does it work? Well, it has similar principles to most profiling tools. They're all based largely on Jungian principles uh, and this is really no different from that perspective. 
The tool has two intersecting axes which yield four quadrants and the way those work is Des has actually allocated the name of a bird to each of those quadrants. So the horizontal axis he talks about the people who are more extroverted and the people who are more introverted. Now he makes it very clear in the book that this is a spectrum rather than a destination. So most of us move up and down that spectrum uh, depending on the situation that we're in, depending on what's being demanded from us at the time. And it's very normal to move up and down. But for most of us, we have one end or the other that we definitely feel a wee bit more comfortable in. The vertical axis, he talks about the people-focused people and the task-focused people. Now, the people-focused people are the people who like to really interact with other people. The task-focused people, they really like people too, absolutely, after they finished the task. And so what that does is it provides us with four distinct quadrants. Des agonised over the names of what to put in these quadrants and he thought about it for a very long time. I talked to him at length about it um, long after he'd actually achieved it. And he said, I really wanted to reflect the style of the communicator in each quadrant. And so when I was choosing the names of the birds, I was very careful about what to choose. And so he starts up in the top left-hand corner with the people-focused extroverts. And these are the people who love to chat, they're enthusiastic, you know when they're in the building, you can usually hear them coming from the car park in. And Des called these birds the peacocks. Now you know what a peacock looks like in science light, big noisy notice me tail feathers. And the peacocks are the people who really are front and centre, they like to talk with other people and they feel very comfortable doing it. Moving across, staying on that people bar, but to the other side of the extrovert-introvert spectrum, Des talks about the doves. And these are our people-focused introverts. They're the carers on the team, the worriers. Now, don't get my accent wrong. I didn't say warriors. I said worriers. Uh, they care about other people and they have concern for others. They'll remember if you've got a relative who's not very well and they'll ask you how they are. Moving on round down from the introverted side to the task-focused introvert, these are our details people on the team. They dot every I, cross every T, they know where everything is, they're very organised and Des, not surprisingly, called these the owls. And finally, our eagles, the big picture thinkers. These people are not keen on detail or too much chat, they like to get things done. In Des's book, there's a 10 to 12 minute questionnaire and you can do it in the book or online. And he has a couple of instructions that he gives us with the book. He says, don't overthink it. If you start to think, well, do I like working with people on a Tuesday morning or do I prefer to work with them on a Thursday afternoon when I'm a bit more free? He says you're overthinking it. You need to relax and just think about, generally speaking, which one is more like you. He says, be brutally honest with yourself because the more honest you are, the more accurate the result at the other end is going to be. Importantly, we need to also think about what is this not about? Well, it's not about putting people in boxes. Uh, sometimes when I run these programmes, people will say to me, oh, Tanya, we love this, it's fantastic. Can we just have everybody's bird name put on their name tag so that we know who we're talking to? And when they tell me that, I feel a bit disheartened because they've kind of missed the point. By doing that, we're literally labelling people. And Des is very clear that this is not about doing that. This is about identifying what your own personal preference is 
And then looking outwards and saying, how do I use what I have to interact more effectively with the people around me? During my programmes, what I tend to do is I ask three questions of my course participants. Question number one is, what do I like about my preferred style? And this is after the questionnaire is done and people have had the chance to identify what order they prefer. Uh, they use those preferences. And so it's easy to identify what you like about your own style and that's something you can think about without any difficulty. The second question is a bit more about gazing into the metaphorical mirror and saying, but what if I overdo my style? If I overdo it, what do other people see and hear from my leadership perspective? And finally, how can I adjust my style? Now that I know this information, how can I adjust what I'm doing to actually communicate more effectively with the other people around me? Occasionally people say things to me like, oh well, this is just the way I am. And if people don't like it, tough. And again, how disheartening. I feel like they're saying to me, I just fit in one box. And if other people can't come to meet me in that, then that's their problem. As a leader, that's not an effective way to communicate with your team or any way around you. Des makes it very clear in his book, we all, every one of us, me included, we fit across all four of the quadrants. We just have preferences that we feel more comfortable with. And his book is about showing us how do we reach out across to the other styles so that we communicate really powerfully with those people too? However, no one's going to adjust their style unless they can see tangible benefits. So what might they be? Well, the first benefit I would offer you is the ability to communicate with people who don't think and communicate like you do. I'll use myself as an example. I am clearly a people-focused extrovert. And as a result of that, the peacock is my definite preferred style. What's the upside of that? The upside is I'm able to stand up in front of groups of complete strangers day after day, and after 30 years, I still look forward to coming to work in the morning. However, 75% of the people in my training sessions or when I'm executive coaching are not peacocks. And so to be able to communicate effectively with the other three types, I really need to pivot or adjust slightly so that I can reach out to every person in the room. Not maximising the strengths your team members offer from a natural perspective can be a major mistake for you as a leader. Requiring staff to perform roles or tasks that are a genuine struggle to them is like trying to fit square pegs in round holes, which in turn can become a costly process for the business. So as a high-performing leader, I recommend you try to look at maximising the potential offered by your team. They will enjoy their roles more and we all know that people who are happy in their roles are more productive in their roles. And finally, the ability to confidently provide feedback is a real benefit of this tool. It shows you how to communicate confidently, even when you're under pressure. So having challenging conversations and negotiations also become a bit easier. Stephen Covey famously told us the greatest human need is to be understood, validated and appreciated. And I would suggest that consciously understanding your team can yield enormous benefits. So can you use this knowledge to change your leadership approach for better outcomes? Well, 
The first answer I'd give you is you can't change who you are and nor should you want to. I can't change who I am and that's okay. However, I do know that making small adjustments to improve and enhance the communication can make a massive difference in the end. For example, how about you try asking a dove how they are and listen to the answer before you start listing off your needs. What about providing data to an owl, even though you've only thought about the big picture? And even go so far as to make an appointment with them before appearing at their door asking, have you got a minute? Owls are never fond of that. They like to be organised and prepared so that they can give you their full concentration. Peacocks need to feel involved and excited about what you're asking of them. And with an eagle, just get to the point. No small talk, they're ready to go. So by communicating with another person in a way that helps them to feel at ease with you can yield enormous business for every leader. I'll give you an example in my own life. When I'm working at the University of Adelaide with one of my favourite professors, I won't name her, uh, I'm a peacock and she is definitely predominantly an owl. Now, obviously, she works across all four of the quadrants, but owl is probably her home base. When I get excited about something that the two of us are working on, my natural inclination is to grab the phone, ring her up, tell her all about it, can't wait to get the information across. As an owl, that's not her preferred method of receiving information. And so what I need to do is slow down, write an email, type it out and send it to her. Now, this provides her with a few minutes to reflect on what I've said, have a think about my idea before she responds. Now, does that make me an owl? Of course not. But what it means is I'm being smart and using another part of myself that doesn't get as exercised as frequently as it might. I'd like to leave you with three tips that you listeners can action confidently to improve your leadership style. Number one, try to listen with your ears and your eyes. Listen to what your team say and how they say it. Remember, over 55% of our communication is visual. So look at their body language and try to listen to what it's telling you. Listen to the tone of their voice and how they're speaking to you. Do they sound relaxed? Do they sound tense or anxious? And look around your office and start noticing a bit more. For example, are your staff members' desks composting or are they organised and orderly with only the work that they're using and working on on their desk at that moment? And that information will tell you a lot about the person that's sitting behind that desk. Tip number two is about providing feedback. So in other words, I like to call it managing the F word because the word feedback seems to strike fear into people's hearts. And so by adjusting your style, you can help them to listen to what you have to say and the improvements you need them to make. And finally, having challenging conversations. I'm originally from Belfast and we're not afraid of challenging conversations. However, using a profiling tool can provide you with confidence and practical guidance on the best way to approach one. I trust that by listening to this podcast, you can see genuine benefits from choosing a profiling tool that suits your team and your organisation. As an effective leader, a profiling tool can help you to feel more confident with all of your team and customer or client communications, as well as improving how you manage up. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Leveling Up, your leadership podcast. For tools, tips and insights to level up your leadership, subscribe to this podcast and follow professional and continuing education at the University of Adelaide on LinkedIn.